0: Hello and good day, Marvelous Podcast family. I hope that wherever you are in the world, that you are healthy, that you are happy, that you are making the most out of these trying times on the planet. I am sending you all of my love, good wishes, and support through the airwaves. I am doing as many podcasts as I can to find empowering perspectives on this situation. If you want to support the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Please share on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever. You can support on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair, you can join the academy and get access to the absolutely phenomenal Soul Compass course that will teach you how to use your natural GPS system to create a life of of meaning purpose and extraordinary living by your own definitions and you can get that at bit.ly forward slash mind body spirit 21 and during this time i'm doing a pay as you want so just dm me uh, send me an email anywhere mad at zenathlete.com let me know what you can pay happy to put you through that course and get you access to all the amazing exclusive content and training over there and for those of you guys who are interested in coaching just hit me up mad at zenathlete.com some people want to use this time to do course and level up and I am happy to support you so I hope that you're doing well let's get into this amazing episode but first let's come to a state of peace and coherence wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose filling every cell every muscle and fiber of your being with peace joy empowerment strength inner knowing and ready to take on this amazing episode Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is an early pioneer in the natural food industry. In 2002, he co-founded Organic Avenue, one of the first exclusively plant-based retail chains in the country. He then created and founded Juicero, the first fresh farm-to-glass automatic cold press juicer with the mission of bringing fresh processed foods to the home. He is the author of the Sprout book, Tap into the Power of the Planet's Most Nutritious Food. Welcome to the show, Doug
1: Evans. Wow, well, Matt, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and it's an honor, and I'm going to give you my best self for this one hour podcast.
0: Uh Well, we were having such a great discussion before we, we got started. So I'm glad we're actually in here doing it. Um, It's been really great to just hear your journey and what you're doing. And I received that early copy of the Sprout book, which I was excited about. Um, I had heard good things from people who are in nutrition. And then I started to flip open your book and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, what are these things? This is the, the most magical, nutritious, you know, thing that we should be eating and the amount of work and research and the way that you've laid it out is amazing um so why don't we begin with just you telling a little bit about your story because in our discussion and and what i looked at you're also very successful in business and but always with the intention of bringing you know really nutritious really healthy foods and understanding of nutrition to the masses which is such an important undertaking
1: well, well, thanks a lot, Matt. It, I, I have to say, my life was not always that way. So, I had a very troubled youth um, as a juvenile in New York City, and I painted graffiti on subway trains and ran, you know, just a crazy life. And all of my friends uh, growing up, and I went to school in Harlem um, for high school, and I went to three different high schools, and my friends were on drugs, committing serious crimes. And I had a couple of kids that I knew had died. And so at age 17, I self-selected and joined the U.S. Army to get out of Dodge because I felt that if I was around those people any further, I would end up like them. And so that was one thing, just like getting out of the chaos. And I had no experience with what the military would be. And that was by far the craziest, most extreme area where um, I got off the plane in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. There was 17 inches of snow on the ground and the drill sergeant took my bag, poured it out all over the snow. And then as I'm starting to grab my belongings, he looks at me and goes, drop it, as if he was barking up a command to a dog. And I made the mistake of giving him a dirty look. And then he said, like, we got off to a terrible start, just a terrible start. That day, I probably did 500 or 1,000 push push-ups. I felt like, I. Was, now I look back and I was like, that's probably like what Spartan race is like, except this was a skinny 17-year-old kid. And so the military was brutal. I joined the 82nd Airborne, I, uh, I never saw combat, but I was in a combat-ready unit. And the military taught me discipline. And I have so much respect um, for the um, enlisted um, soldiers of today, because there's no draft. Like these people are volunteering to defend this country. And they're going through things that someone who hasn't been in the military could never imagine what it's like to go through boot camp or airborne training or to be deployed, um, where they basically... Beat down everything that you knew, and they teach you how to follow directions. And I remember my commanding officer, this was after my first 12 hours in the military. I waited until everyone went to sleep. I found the drill sergeant, and I said, um, sir, you have the wrong guy. I want to go home. I, I'm <laughs> going to be a good boy. I'm going like, <laughs> to listen to my mother. Uh, I'll go to community college. And he looks me in the eye and he goes, there's no way out. (laughs) And I was like, what? Like I'm used to talking my way in and out of any situation. And he's like, there's no way out. And he goes, look, there's no bars on the windows here, private. But if you leave, you will be considered a wall and we will find you. And then, um, you will do hard labor and you can't remain the rest of your life as a fugitive so my suggestion is suck it up and golly that was a tough experience um but now i look back on it and i can laugh because it didn't kill me so it just made me stronger
0: Well, wow, yeah that's amazing i can imagine the rude awakening of the 17 year old self going into the u.s military um, and so what, after, after that experience, what brought you into like the juicing and the healthcare? And, you know, you're telling me in the beginning too, you even, you, you said, you know, you made the heart, they don't teach your path to success um, in Harvard until they invited you to uh, teach at Harvard, which I think is hilarious. So what, what got you into this industry, the health industry and the food industry?
1: Well, it, it's interesting. After I got out of the army, the closest thing to writing graffiti was graphic design. So I managed to find this unique solo graphic designer named Paul Rand, who had designed the logos for IBM, ABC, UPS, Westinghouse, who's a living legend. He worked out of his home studio that he designed and built in Weston, Connecticut. And I found him, I tracked him down, and I convinced him to let me work for him. So I worked for him for seven years without pay. And, um, you know, his latest client was Steve Jobs, and he designed the corporate identity for Steve Jobs for the next computer. And, you know, just a little, you could put in the show notes, if you Google Doug Evans and Steve Jobs or Paul Rand and Doug Evans on YouTube, you'll see the interview I did with Steve Jobs in 1993 about his experience with Paul Rand. Wow! So this is a young, happy Steve, pre-going back to Apple the second time. Oh, wow. So this is after Steve got fired from Apple the first time, started his new computer. And, you know, true inspiration, you know, for me in my life to see and to work with, you know, that level of talent on the design side. Um, and I just saw it. And it was so inspiring to me to know that every detail matters.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's so, amazing.
1: So I worked with Paul until he died. And then, um, then it was free for me to move on with my life. And so I was in, into and having worked with Steve, I got very – I had one of the first NeXT computers. I had one of the first Macintosh computers. And I taught myself uh, the, the graphics programming language, an early part. And I was very into graphic design and computer graphics and desktop publishing. And then um, my whole family just started to collapse. So my aunt got diabetes, and they chopped off both of her feet below her ankles. And then my uncle got heart disease and died. Then my mother, may she rest in peace, and may all those people rest in peace, but my mother in particular, because she was so sweet to me, um, she got stomach cancer and died. And then my father got heart disease and died in the same hospital at relatively young ages, my mom was 66. And then my brother developed type two diabetes, atrial fibrillation, hypertension, and then had had the first of what is now three strokes and a heart attack. So I thought like I was doomed and genetically cursed. So I just think like, you know, making money or working or, Pretty girls or all that was just didn't matter because I thought I was just going to die, and so I didn't know what to do, and that kind of caused me to look at what was the cause of health, what was the cause of disease, was I genetically cursed? And then I met an angel in the middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning in a nightclub. I met a woman who was a vegan, and her name was Denise. She was a vegan and. She told me that it wasn't genes, that it was lifestyle. And that like was a hard pill to swallow because I had believed that it was, we were genetically cursed. I didn't believe that you could change your genes and that you could improve your life and improve your longevity by the habits and decisions that you made with your day-to-day life. So that was a real wake-up call and now once i had that information that's what like um kind of drove me to do more and denise was this philosophical um vegan both ethical lifestyle compassion but she wasn't a business person she was a speech pathologist working at united cerebral palsy in long island with just like an angel where it would be uncomfortable for me to go meet her at work, to see the, the people and the challenges that they were going through, because I thought it would give me nightmares. It made me upset. And I remember just watching her interaction, you know, with the patients there. And then she's like, but I, I think we can do more. Like, I really want to help more people. You know, what can we do to share this lifestyle? Because I'm doing it in a, in a microcosm. And So we brainstormed, you know, for a long time and ultimately came up with the idea of creating an organic lifestyle company where we knew where all the products were coming from. Everything was made from plants and it would make it easy for people to live this lifestyle. And I personally made a transformation from eating junk food and street food and processed food to I'm going vegetarian, vegan, raw vegan in a two-week period.
0: Oh, wow. Holy man. And, you know, to backtrack a little bit, I'm so sorry to hear about um, your family. And it's interesting that it takes that kind of experience in a lot of people's lives to even reflect on – the choices that they're making for their health because it's all that you know, you know, you have a family unit and you have a cultural unit, especially in the States, everything is bigger. I remember a a good friend of mine uh, moved to Texas for work and we hadn't seen him in like two years and he was always skinny and I look at him and he's pretty beefy and he even had like some some chunk in the neck. And I was like, holy crap, Wilson, I've never seen you look this big before, buddy. And he's like, bro, the portions there are massive, like everything is bigger. And so sometimes it takes that external experience or challenge or um, event that will allow us to reflect on things and say, whoa, what's actually going on here? And I imagine it was a lot of education too when you made that switch to really look at food and where it came from and what health meant, and and then take that to how do I help others make this easy?
1: Yeah, in the beginning, like I, w- I couldn't believe, like literally, that a day could go by that I didn't need to eat pizza, pasta, bread, or you know, or chicken, fish, spare ribs, Chinese food. You know, some like it, I thought I would die if I omitted a meal like that. I could still remember my 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 meal at McDonald's, which was a double quarter pounder with cheese, a nine piece chicken McNugget, a large fries, a vanilla shake, an apple pie, and a medium sized cola, like Coca Cola. Like that was my McDonald's meal, and I would eat that and then go into a food coma. But like, I didn't know any better. And so when Denise was like, well, you know, you could just eat fruit. And I was like, what? And she's like, what's your favorite fruit? And I was like, well, I like watermelon, and I like cherries, and you know, I like ripe peaches. And she goes, why don't you just eat your favorite fruit until you're not hungry or you're full? Just as much as you want. And like, I got through a day. And I was like, wow, I did it. And then the next day, um, she's like, Do you like nuts? I was like, Yeah, I like almonds. I like cashews. She's like, You can eat as many nuts as you want. And do you like greens? I was like, No, no, I don't like greens. So she turned me on to green juice. And that was an easy way of getting greens into it. And then I started to learn a little bit about antioxidants and chlorophyll and how um, micronutrients. And so it was just a little journey. And then what Denise was really interested in was creating gourmet-like recipes and meals. So for me, I was content with just eating a whole watermelon, like just very happy. I could eat a whole watermelon and I'm like a happy, I still eat whole watermelons. Like when they're in season at the farmer's market, I'll just eat a whole watermelon. Um, And so that was just, um, you know, like mind opening to think that you could do that. But I could say then that was in the early 2000s and people were starting to develop gourmet recipes, you know, with raw foods, with um, chocolate cheesecake made with raw cacao and cashews and tasted good. And so, uh, but it was always odd, hard to find these things and someone had to prepare them. So in the beginning, we started to have um, little potlucks in our house, and then Denise would bring in chefs, and then the chefs would teach her how to make recipes, and then all of a sudden, we had a menu of 50 different items, and then we opened up our first retail store, and then the business, Organic Avenue, literally doubled in size every year for like the first six or seven years, and then we had 10 to 12 stores in New York City. And that was a successful business and learned a lot.
0: That's amazing. Well, I like what uh, your, your transition there because it's actually something I'll recommend when I'm coaching. And I actually did it recently um, over the holidays. I wasn't eating so well continuously, just too much uh, sweet. I'm not too much of a sweet person, but that we were going from family to family and you know, the diet wasn't great. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to eat grapes. And, um, and, I remember the first time I did it, I was like, oh my God, grapes can fill me up. You can just keep eating grapes. And the reason why I chose that is I had Dr. Henry Morrison And I remember at, he's a well-known doctor and he, he talks a lot about alternative health and, and diet as well. And I said, what do you recommend? Because he's worked with a lot of people with cancer and you, your book touches on disease in here too. So I want to get into that as well. But I said, what do you, in tumors and things like that. And I said, what do you recommend when somebody is just totally messed up, that, that they're completely mangled, their health, they're gonna die. And, and it just, without missing a beat, just goes 40 days of grapes. I was like, that's it. He's like, yep, that's it. Just tell them they're so high like high alkaline and this and that. He's like, just forty days of grapes, they'll be they'll probably be fine. I was like, okay. And so it's amazing to know that when you're eating one way, and I can totally relate to the Chinese food and the and the crappy dinners, and you start to move to just natural whole food, fruit, nuts, uh, vegetables, and you're and you're eating them sprouts, as they are sprouts. sprouts. Yeah, yeah. Now we gotta get the sprouts. And I remember learning about seeds too. So tell me about the sprouts what it why are sprouts so amazing and your book does a phenomenal job on giving you the understanding why how to grow them and then how to implement them easily it's it's very well done
1: yeah so so i had learned about sprouts you know 20 plus years ago on my journey and i found it fascinating that you could take these seeds and add water without soil without sunlight without led lights and these little seeds would sprout into, like, super nutritious food. I mean, just look at look at the the sprouts on here. That these literally are less than a week old. And you just take the seeds. And so before I knew anything about them, I was fascinated with them. And then when I started to eat them, like, I started to feel good. And so I would always be sprouting something, but I never – It it was nothing more than that. And then I got really into juice and I really believed in cold-pressed organic green juice. And but that was expensive. A single serving of cold-pressed juice could be $5 to $10 per serving. And if you to go, if you go to the supermarket and you buy a container of sprouts, it's three to five dollars. But if you sprout on your own, it's like 30 cents worth of seeds. So there was enormous economic leverage if you sprout on your own. And not everyone across the country has a Whole Foods. There's only like 350 Whole Foods across the entire country. So there's food deserts all over the country. Some of the biggest areas with food deserts are like in Dallas, Texas. And so rural America, as now I live rural living, um, you find out like I'm an hour and 15 minutes from the nearest whole foods. So if I want to have my own organic vegetables, I have to grow them, but I live in the desert. So it's cold in the winter and super hot in the summer and things don't really grow well in sand. So for me, once I moved um, onto the hot springs in wonder Valley, I started to sprout more often and then, I would go to the farmer's market and I'd buy fruit, which I love fruit, and then I'd sprout on my own. So I was sprouting sunflower sprouts, broccoli sprouts, um, alfalfa sprouts, and lentils. And I'll just get, like, I'll hone in on lentils for a second. Like, I think the, the consensus is lentils are good for you, good source of protein, good source of fiber. The difference between cooked lentils and sprouted lentils is sprouted lentils have 300% of the vitamin C. That because they're alive, they've got this high vibrational energy and they're growing and the antioxidants are active. The enzymes are active. So I just start to learn little bits about them. And then people would come, occasionally I would get a a visitor to to my isolated land. And I'd feed them sprouts and they would say, well, why do you like sprouts? And so depending on what sprout I was eating at the time, I would tell them more about them. And then I've always known about the chemoprotective properties of cruciferous vegetables. So broccoli, cauliflower, bok choy. Um, So people knew about the cruciferous vegetables. What I didn't know was the sprout form of the cruciferous vegetables, like the broccoli sprouts, can have 30 to 100 times the nutrients and cancer protective properties of the mature vegetable. And that was astounding to me. And as I started to research each individual sprout, I became more and more fascinated with them. And I'm literally, I buy sprouts in 35-pound buckets. So it's literally like that's how I buy sprouts. So you can buy them, and they're so inexpensive. Literally, like if you're buying bulk like that, and you get this leverage where two tablespoons, and it's two tablespoons of broccoli seeds can grow into eight ounces of broccoli sprouts. So just think about the the power of growing. And so I went to New York and I said, I wonder if there's like an audience for this. So I start to talk to random people on the subway, on the street, in the health food store, and no one knows anything about sprouts. Like people may have a mung bean sprout from an Asian restaurant, or they'll see an alfalfa sprout, you know on a salad or a sandwich but they didn't know that sprouts were organic vegetables that you could actually eat that were super nutritious they didn't know so i um used my some of my sales or business skills and i got a meeting w- I, with an agent um and then the agent got a meeting with me for a publisher i met with one publisher elizabeth byer at St. Martin's Press, one of the largest publishing companies in the world, part of Macmillan, and she basically bought my book on the spot. I showed up with um, copious amounts of sprouts and um, <laughs> you know recipes with sprouts, loose sprouts, and she's sitting there like in the meeting, like <laughs> practically eating every single sprout out of the palm of my hand that I brought to this meeting, and. So that's like the genesis of writing the Sprout book.
0: <laughs> all your stories crack me up. Like I'm just imagining all the things that you're, you're going through. When you're talking about sprouts, it's interesting because one of my first podcasts that I did was my, with my friend Adam Hart, who has a program and uh, education on the power of food. And we met in Whistler back in the day. We were both studying the law of attraction with uh, my mentor, Michael Lozier. and doing courses and things like that. And he said, you know, when I started researching food, I think he had diabetes too. He had very, he had health problems. He started researching food. And then he's like, I didn't realize I couldn't eat anything that I was eating. And there's this whole conspiracy thing about dairy and food and processed food and how terrible it is for you. It makes you lethargic and gives you disease and all this stuff. And he thought about teaching on that but he's like you know i need to figure out what the solution is and obviously part of the solution was not eating that stuff understanding what you're putting in your body you know whole grains things like that but he said the big thing people aren't really eating is seeds he's like seeds have so much nutrients in them and that i never considered seeds and now you're talking about sprouts and i know about sprouts but even for me it's not something that i think about or have the knowledge and it's something that it seems like you've looked into and it And you're like, hey, this is some of the easiest, natural, most nutritious ingredient and food that you can have uh, that will transform your diet and the way that you eat and give your body the actual nutrients it needs. The way that you're eating before and the way that I was eating maybe two months ago is more for hunger and turkey and just dense foods that fill you up. But that's not for nutrition. When you eat for nutrition and health, it's a totally different thing. You think more clearly um, and so this is great timing because the last two months I've been eating really clean and it changes the way I think, it changes my energy, it changes how I feel. And so I'll be quiet now and get you to elaborate more on on either comment on that and, and just talk a little bit more about like why you find the nutrition of sprouts and, and how to, you know, make them and use them and anything sure. else.
1: Sure. <laughs> so so I, I think we, we should I, I just want to expound on one thing. S- seeds um are the source of all sprouts so there are no Mm -hmm. sprouts if you don't have seeds so Mm -hmm. seeds themselves have protection for them so that they actually if an insect comes to them or an animal comes to them they can survive so all plant life on the planet originates with seeds so all a sprout is is a seed that's germinated. So that's what it is. And what happens is when you germinate the seed, you remove some of the um, enzyme inhibitors that make the seed more bioavailable, more digestible. um, And it also activates and it turns from this hard, concentrated, dense fat and protein into a vegetable so the seed if you add water to it will actually grow and become a vegetable and actually have chlorophyll it will have anthocyanidin it will have beta carotene so all these antioxidants form so the miracle of this seed is that the seed itself contains everything that it needs in order to go from this hard thing that looks like a little pebble or a little stone into a vegetable, and it can do that all self-contained. All it needs is water. So if you take the seed, and so you're asking like how to sprout, like sprouting is the, you may need a green thumb to have a rose garden or a vegetable garden. To sprout, you just need to be awake. Like if you're (laughs) awake, Sorry. (laughs) Oh man, (laughs) Matt. I'm serious. Like, if you're awake, like, if you're awake, um, you can sprout. So, like, the simplest thing, and I'm going to give you the sprout protocol right now. You get a vessel. Right, the most common vessel for sprouting is a mason jar, but you can use any vessel. There's a, there's a chapter in my book called Junkyard Dog where I'm using random scraps and recycled items just to sprout in. But there's two main ways of sprouting. You can either, either use a tray or you can use a, um, a jar or this vessel. So in the case of broccoli sprouts or alpha sprouts, you take a tablespoon, two tablespoons of seeds. You put them in the jar. You add water, and you let them sit for five hours or eight hours overnight. Then the next morning, you strain them. So you could put a piece of cheesecloth over it, or a screen, and you turn, or a colander, any sort of sieve, and you drain the water, and then you add more water, The seeds, and you drain it again. And then you kind of turn it upside down so that the water, excess water, will run out and the seeds will stay there. And then you basically rinse the seeds twice a day. And after day three, they're edible. And after day five, six, seven, they're about an inch long and they're even more edible. The leaves start to turn from yellow to green. So they start to form chlorophyll and they have fiber and they have micronutrients and phytonutrients and polyphenols and prebiotics and probiotics. They're all in this complete vegetable. Like they are a legitimate vegetable, period, hands down. And not only are they a legitimate vegetable, they contain up to 30 to 50 times the special properties and compounds that have been known to be effective in helping to prevent chronic illnesses.
0: That's amazing. What I'm curious about is how many different types of sprouts are there and what would be the, maybe a story or something. Have you heard of just what sprouts have done of people like implementing them into their diet? And, and I'm guessing like, how do we get into the diet? What's the easiest way to get started? And I'm sure that there's some stories about people, you know, adding that, piece of nutrition to their diet and transforming their health because a lot of people are looking for ways to do that and it's just so simple you know you can just add it on i've heard a few people kind of phrase it this way when they're trying to help their diets they keep eating all the crap food and it's like you just need to add in some good food too and and then you can substitute when you're eating your watermelon you eat so much watermelon then you don't have to go eat the uh You know, the leftover Chinese food, it kind of substitutes one out. So when you keep adding sprouts to whatever you're eating, it's going to allow you to substitute some of that other food. If people are transitioning in their diet, maybe they're eating too much sugar or snack food or meat or whatever the case
1: is. Yeah, it's so it's interesting. So in December 2018, I was under a waterfall in Bali, and there was a guy next to me there And we start to walk a five-minute walk back to where the cars are to to pick you up to get you out of the waterfall. And I had so much compassion for looking at this young guy, probably young like you, and um, but he was morbidly um, obese, right? Fifty pounds, seventy pounds, overweight. I don't know exactly. And he's asking me, "What do I do?" And I said, "Well," Look, I'm writing the book on sprouts. I'm writing the sprout book. And he's like, tell me more. And then I told him. And then, like, I had no agenda whatsoever. And this was early, you know, this is now, you know, two years ago, over a year ago. Um, and I said to him, you know, you could just eat sprouts for a month. Like, your life, you know, I don't know exactly what would happen, but I know you'd be better off where, then if you ate sprouts than not. And he says, will will you help me? I said, sure. Because I had a lot of research. I had a lot of information. And so I didn't think anything much of it. We exchanged our information. Turns out he went back to San Francisco and he just started to eat sprouts for a month. Um, Two weeks into it, he ran a marathon while just eating sprouts. He had lost over 15 pounds at that time just eating sprouts. And then he had so much energy after running the marathon that he ran home from the marathon another six miles. And then eight days later, what? he ran an ultra marathon what? while just eating sprouts. And I tell his story in my book. His name is Steven Fiscal. He's like an ordinary sweet guy. And like, so that's like anecdotally that um, some an experience. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not giving medical advice. But in in doing, in writing the book, I decided that I needed to speak to some health professionals. So I'm a pretty assertive guy and I have access to different people. So I tracked down, you know, Dr. Dean Ornish, right? Who basically um, wrote the book and got the government and Medicare to fund um, treatment that is based on meditation, plant-based diet, loving life, and, and unstressing, that you could reverse chronic illnesses through doing that. So he was like kind of an aligned spirit, and i read most of his work and I'd met him and his wife. So I interviewed him about sprouts. And he was like over the moon with sprouts. Like he loves sprouts. So then I was like, okay, let me go to the other extreme. Who's the keto guy? So I tracked down Dr. Josh Axe, right? One of the leading websites, you know, health websites on the internet. Um, so I tracked down Josh Axe. Turns out he loves sprouts. He loves broccoli sprouts. He's written about them, he's talked about them. And I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting because like totally different life perspective. Then I tracked down Mark Hyman, right? Uh, 11 Times, New York Times bestseller, um, Me- uh, Cleveland Clinic, functional medicine, love sprouts. And um, tracked down all of these people. And even though they were all, the, the thing they had in common is they want to help people, right? They want to help their patients. But their philosophies on how to do it couldn't be more different between keto and functional and plant-based. But another common thread was sprouts. So I interviewed them for my book, I put them in the book. And so I now felt confident that it wasn't just me, it wasn't an anomaly that sprouts were healthy. So similar to you, I'm someone who kind of eats the way I eat because it works for me. Um, I can sleep better at night. Like I can be, to my own admission, obsessive, right? I, I, this was a crazy, I'm going to tell you, can we digress to a crazy story?
0: Yes, please.
1: <laughs> okay, so I, we were in like um, a, a quasi- fast, casual restaurant um, in Maui. I was with my girlfriend at the time, and we ordered like almost everything on the menu that looked healthy, right? And so we had leftovers. So we said, can we have a to-go container? And, and the woman comes over with this big clamshell made of styrofoam, styrene. And I literally like, was like, no! And so like, I didn't know what to do, but I, I didn't want to put the food in the styrene knowing that it would take 500 generations for it to decompose. And then it would just like, you know, still go into the environment. So I didn't want to take the styrofoam container. So I took all the food and I kind of crunched it into like the size of a big grapefruit And I held it with me for the rest of like the next few hours as like my (laughs) hands or my to-go container. And so I could, yeah, it was, it was commitment. And it was, I didn't want to waste the food. So it was my commitment to not wasting the food. It was my commitment to the environment. All of my clothes are organic, either organic cotton or hemp. Um, This shirt is, I'm gonna give a plug, I'm not a sponsor, but I love their clothes. This is industry of all nations. This is organic cotton I'm dipped in organic indigo 11 times to get this blue shirt, and I just love that. So, so I'm pretty extreme, but if people um, are asking me for help, you know, or asking things, I kind of remove all of the dogma. I just say, Sprouts are easy. The consensus is to eat more servings of fruits and vegetables. U.S. Dietary Guidelines recommends seven to 13 servings of fruits and vegetables a day. And the average American, I don't know what it's like up in Canada, but the average American is consuming less than one. And that one could be French fries, could be ketchup. So I thought like sprouts can be Something that are low cost, super nutritious, totally accessible, and actually fun. Like if you grow a garden, it's kind of a Hail Mary. You put your stuff in the ground, you don't know what's going to happen. You're growing sprouts, literally every day you see results. Like you start to see the little germination, you see the little tail growing, you're seeing results. It's fascinating, it's exponential. And so That's what got me excited about sprouts. So what kind of sprouts? There's broccoli sprouts, azuki sprouts, alfalfa sprouts, lentil sprouts, mung bean sprouts, arugula sprouts, um, radish sprouts, clover sprouts. Um, There's almost celery sprouts and the the sunflower sprouts. And I'm gonna tell you a little bit about sunflower for a second. One little sunflower seed will sprout, into like a microgreen or a sprout with a little part, and if planted in the ground, will grow to six to seven feet tall and have the strength to turn with the sun from sunrise to sunset. The sunflower um, kind of follows the sun, and then as it matures, will grow hundreds. Of more seeds And so at every stage, the sunflower is giving nutrition. So you can eat it at the seed stage, right? You could just eat the dormant, dry sunflower seed. You could sprout it for a day, two days, five days a week, and it will go through this entire journey, and you can actually eat the entire sunflower. is just a bounty of nutrition.
0: Hmm. I didn't know that. And is there a king or queen of, this, of the sprouts, like one sprout that has all of the nutrition? Or are they all pretty, pretty
1: similar? I think that in order for them to go through this transformation, I think all the sprouts have their own genius and miracles in them. Some of the sprouts that have been most researched probably are the cruciferous family of sprouts, in particular broccoli sprouts. And I spoke to Dr. Jed Fahey at Johns Hopkins University, and he had mentioned there was over 150 papers about the um, properties of sulforaphane, which comes from cruciferous vegetables, and broccoli sprouts have the highest level of them, so from a super researched nutrition um, part, probably broccoli sprouts. From um, accessibility, I look at a sunflower um, sprout and it has protein in it, it has chlorophyll, it has all these vitamins in it, and it's actually a, a salad leaf replacement. So instead of putting like lettuce in a salad, you could grow sunflower sprouts, and they're hardy and kind of nutty and super nutritious. Mung bean sprouts, unbelievable! They look like they're nothing, right? The mung bean sprout looks like they're nothing, like a little white um, strip of of fiber. They look like they're just water and nothing. I compare them to iceberg lettuce until I look at the nutrition, and then you see that mung beans. Sprouts can have up to twenty percent of the recommended daily allowance in just a cup of mung bean sprouts, and literally those are so easy to grow. Like you, you so easy to sprout. You add water, you rinse. You add water, you rinse, and they just grow. And they're big, and they're crunchy, and they're hearty, and they're easy.
0: Amazing. When you're speaking, I, I'm. I want to ask this because I'm curious you have recipes in the book, a lot of recipes, my mind, immediately goes to salads and throwing them in smoothies. But what's the, what are some of the – either your favorite recipes or easy ways? Because now my, I'm thinking about, you know what? I've got to get this sprout cycle on the go. It reminds me of that thing you get when you were a kid and it's really small and then it grows and chia pets, and that is super satisfying. And so I want to be able to get like that cycle going and, and how I can implement them into my diet.
1: Well, I, I'm going to read you – Um, which is one, which is like, you could give this to anybody, like literally almost anybody will eat this. It's the goji almond bites. Mm. And I want to give a little shout out to my recipe developer, co-creator Lita Scheintaub. So Lita really um, perfected the recipes and tested all the recipes. Like like these, these recipes work. If you follow them, they work. But the goji almond bites, it makes 18 almond bites, um, one cup of sprouted almonds, one cup of of medjool dates, um, some unsweetened shredded coconut, a little lemon zest, a little vanilla powder, a little sea salt, a quarter cup of sunflower seeds, a quarter cup of goji berries, and uh, two... Tablespoons of raw cacao. And so you're getting your sprouts in there. Some of the other things that you can make um, if you have time, like the pumped-up pesto. So it has garlic, it has pine nuts or pumpkin seeds, two cups of broccoli sprouts or other green sprouts like alfalfa sprouts, a cup of fresh basil leaves with the tender stems, um, fresh cilantro a little olive oil, a little lemon juice, a little salt and pepper, and you have this pesto, which is like to live for. I mean, these are gourmet parts. I even went to one of my favorite restaurants in New York is ABCV. It's ABC Vegetarian Vegan, and it has a great chef there, jean George, and I went to him. I told him the whole sprout pitch. He goes, "Oh, I love sprouts!" And even contributed. This is a Michelin star chef. Um, gave me a recipe in the book. Amazing. You know, incorporating sprouts. You can make a green peas. Like if you think about, like you look like you work out. I don't know whether you do CrossFit or something, but you look really fit. Um. So, people that work out need protein, right? And a lot of um. I think I heard this on the Um, Joe Rogan podcast that most collegiate athletes and professional athletes supplement. And one of the things they supplement is protein. And you could get protein from whey protein, pea protein, hemp protein. But you could also get protein from sprouted peas or sprouted lentils or sprouted hemp. So the green pea avocado cream, it's like no other. It's sprouted peas for protein, giving it a grassy back note. Zucchini lightens it up a bit, and you spread it on. So you literally just take an avocado, some green pea sprouts, some zucchini, lime, and table and um, and salt, and you get this avocado cream that you could add on to a toast, you could add on to a, a salad, you could add on to a, a, a vegetable. So I think there's a lot of things in salad. Um, we made a unfried kimchi rice azuki sprout bowl. So this has texture in it, it has flavor in it. It's using ferments and spice and you know it's just um you make the rice out of cauliflower. Mm. Right, which is so healthy as a cruciferous vegetable. And then you make vegan kimchi, you add Azuki bean sprouts, coconut amino acids, um, some sesame oil, avocado, um, nori for seaweed, um, and then some scallions and some black sesame seeds. And it's just, it's just great. And so all of these recipes are just easy to implement, and there's you know all seasons.
0: That's amazing. And I really appreciate you sharing because when I'm listening, what I, what I love about this is at the beginning of the book, you talk a lot about the science and how these are super highly nutritious, some of the most highly nutritious food that you can eat. Then later in the book, you're showing very simple ways to implement them in your diet. And from what I hear and observe in the world when people are struggling with diet or they're trying to improve their diet, there, there's a lot of confusion and what's great about this is it's one superfood that you can begin to add even if you're adding it with little to no knowledge this gives you a handbook to say hey maybe before you're going like you and you're going and, and eating the chinese food right and it's like hey this is apples and 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 fruits start adding those so you have you know your chinese food and then you have the fruits but now this is something that's so Incredibly nutritious, and it's something that you can begin to add into your diet more and more and more and begin to experience the benefits because it's something that's not talked about very much. And when I saw your book come across, um, you know, my emails, like this is important because I've heard of this before, I don't know that much about it, but I know. I I know enough to say that this is a powerful ingredient. That's all I know. And I'd love the expert to come on to share that because so many people are asking how to transform their diet. And if it's just one simple tool, I kind of equate it like this. If you want strength, you can do squats, deadlift, bench press, pull-ups, and dips. That's from Pavel Tsatsulin. that make you strong, like physically strong, not big in size, but very strong. The sprouts are like the deadlift. It's like the ultimate... Thing that you can do to be strong, but rather than strength, it's adding the nutrition that your body needs to thrive. And I'm wondering with your marathon story, if maybe this is a missing element to a lot of high performance athletes. A lot of people are looking for that edge, that clarity of mind. They're, they're doing things even like psilocybin. They're doing all these flow state workshops, but so often overlooked is simplicity of diet and exercise.
1: That is, that's the flow state. I mean, I I think that um, I do, um, my my basic day, and I'll talk about my day, like I get up, I drink water, right? And I drink water until about noon. And then at noon, I eat some fruit. So two or three pieces of fruit. And then um, later in the afternoon, around three o'clock, four o'clock, I start eating copious amounts of sprouts. So I eat sunflower sprouts, and then I eat broccoli sprouts, and then I'll eat soy sprouts. I mean, unbelievable, like how, like soy beans, if you soak them and sprout them, they're like edamame, but they're practically free. I mean, they're so inexpensive, and they're crunchy, and they've got texture, and then I'll eat a bunch of sprouts, and then I'll have an avocado, and then I'll eat some seeds, and I actually like seeds and nuts sprouted, germinated and then the seeds and nuts like the almonds or the cashews i like to soak them sprout them and then dehydrate them so they actually get you know crunchy and so that's like my you know my like day in life in doing that but if you think about other trends of um the fasting right or um intermittent fasting, and um, caloric restriction. I think there's a lot of research that says one of the keys to longevity is either fasting or fasting mimicking a diet. Dr. Walter Longo's um, work out of USC. And so with sprouts, you actually get more nutrients at less calories and you're bumping up your fiber levels. So. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I do is I just like eat as many sprouts as I can and I'm always like juggling and sprouting uh, different parts so people are asking me what to do I would say just start sprouting adding sprouts to your diet and you know if someone is like there's there's two points that I want to make and I know we you know time flies when I'm with it with you so this is incredible so one thing is and and i really would like to start a community sprouting movement where you know matt can sprout in a 5 gallon bucket the lentils mm. and you know mary can sprout the broccoli sprouts and joanne can sprout the alfalfa sprouts and then once a week everyone comes together and they share their bounty so it it, and they they get the experiences they get the nutrition they get the community they get accountability partners and once you start to grow your own food you become really like suspect about where other food came from and you know today i don't even think about it like to me I want to have full transparency to where my food came from, Re- like where the seeds came from, et cetera. So when I see things that are in package and they're indecipherable and they have ingredients on them that I can't pronounce, like to me that's no longer food so my, so so that's one thing is i I really want to inspire community sprouting, and I think as the book comes out, I want to. I'm happy to go visit and talk to and Zoom in and share information, you know, with these community sprouting groups. And the other thing that I'm really excited about is working with nutritionists and dietitians about supplementing using food in the form of sprouts as opposed to synthetic vitamins and and other parts. Because I just think that the other kind of global consensus is get your nutrients from food. So why not get them from, from sprouts and cause they're all in there. Almost everything is in sprouts.
0: I love it. I love those ideas. And when you're sharing the community sprouting, I was just imagining making a little flyer and having your book and just going down my street and saying, Hey, just had this guy on my podcast sprouts are amazing i'm going to throw up a huge thing in my backyard and i'm going to share them with you guys and anybody who wants to participate can and i think you touched on a lot of things that are important one of them is growing your own food that's something i've always wanted to do when i ever hear speak people speak about these communities off grid things like that first thing is food and it's so important and it's such a great topic to be Considered and discussed because where is our food coming from? And I had the certified health nut on uh, Troy Casey, and he's like, you know, when people are, you know, f- they're eating mutated mutated f- food, and their bodies are mutating. And I never thought of it like that, but it's true. He's like, you're eating all of this food stuff, but you're not getting new, the nutrients you need, so your body is mutating because you're not getting what you actually need and when he phrased it like that I was like oh man that's I know what's happening but that's a it's a it just it hurts my feelings you know because it's hard to break out of that cycle and it's challenging and it takes people and education and understanding so that we can break those cycles and just go from what is terrible for you what's killing you what unfortunately you had a massive impact on your family and all those loved ones. It's a very health is a very real thing. Um, you know, people with diabetes and, uh, losing limbs, like you said, dying, this is a real serious epidemic. We're, we're supposed to live in first world countries, Canada and U S But why are they so obese? Same with Australia. What is going on? What do we need to change to have a new understanding?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons I went to, uh, Dr. Joel Furman. Um, to write the forward of my book. He wrote the book called Eat to Live, right? Not live to eat, Mm -hmm. right? And I think what happens is that um, we grew up in a society where the industrial food systems subsidize processed food and like we can have an entirely separate podcast and discussion about the impact of climate change and the contributors of where it literally takes 700 gallons of water to prepare one pound of beef where it takes literally, um, you know, two gallons to prepare a pound of sprouts. Just like, do the math, right, of resources and it takes like 18 pounds of grain to prepare a pound of beef because you've got to feed that cow and grow that cow and feed that cow. And so the impact from the, the methane that the cow is emitting um, to the clear cutting of, this, of the, the land and the soil to prepare just a, such a fraction of the amount of food Where with sprouts, it's a one to one ratio. One pound of, as a matter of fact, it's it's not. It's even better with sprouts, because you take the seeds and you add water, and then the sprouts have this germination mechanism that grows and expands, so you actually can get a minimum of a two to one increase in volume and yield, and up to an eight to 10 times increase. So, literally, like one pound of seeds can create like two pounds to 10 pounds of edible food, whereas one pound of grain um, will, it takes 18 pounds of grain to create one pound of, of, of beef. So, I think what's happening is in our society, it's very, very profit driven, and everyone is looking. To make profit. And you don't want to condemn entrepreneurship and capitalism because it's necessary. But what you want to do is, like, what I want to do is take control of my own diet. I didn't want to be a statistic. And now, rather than going out and telling people what to do, what I want to do is just invite them into a conversation with the possibilities that they can get better results. You know, and they'll feel better, right? Because, you know, who doesn't want to feel better, right? So if if you eat well, you'll feel better. If, like, my brother, you know, was 40 pounds, 50 pounds overweight. So he did whole food, plant-based diet. He did no salt, oil, and sugar. He did juice fasting under... um medical supervision at the True North Health Center under um, Dr. Alan Goldhammer. And my brother lost 40 pounds. And he said this was like not carrying around three bowling balls, right? He bowls with a 12-pound ball. So how much would I have to pay you, Matt Belair, to carry three bowling balls everywhere you went, right? It's just crazy. So what would it be worth if you got to shed those bowling balls? And this isn't about shaming, right? This isn't about saying, you know, you're not good because you're fat. This is about inviting you into the possibility of longevity, better night's sleep. Like what happens is when you lose weight, you you sleep better, you feel better, you're more alive.
0: Very well put. All of this has been amazing. And I really, again, just enjoy how you lay it out because it's simple, it's backed by science. And I think that one of the other additional things I loved is how you went to these experts in different fields, but there was the common denominator of a tool that they used that worked. And it's something that's simple, that you can grow yourself, that you can apply and learn about And again, it's not common. So I am excited about your work and what you're doing to just share this amazing Resource that is so accessible to everyone, and it it invites them. Yeah, like you said, it invites them in, and that opens up to everything else. Because if you don't have your health under control, it's hard to imagine an inspiring life. It's harder to be kind and compassionate because you're you're in pain. It's harder to uh, think clearly. It's harder to have more joy because you have more stress on the body and all these things. So, getting our health under control, understanding what we eat is such a fundamental part of life, and so thank you so much for your work and and doing your part to kind of you know be the the banner carrier for sprouts what an amazing uh mission and is there anything uh, else that you wanted to chat about is there anything that i i you wish that i had asked or you want to leave their listeners with anything at all
1: no i i think i think the main thing that i want to leave with is that sprouts are easy they're affordable they're accessible and um like that that is my mission um now is to do things that are you know accessible to people, accessible for all. And and actually um from athletes to the poorest communities. And like I just think everyone, you know, could be sprouting. So um I invite, you know, you and your readers, you know, um, I'm on Instagram. Um, just at Doug Evans, D-O-U-G-E-V-A-N-S. Um, and the Sprout book are my two inst- my two things. I'm going to start, um, there's nothing on the Sprout book today other than you know the cover of the book, but I'm going to start posting and I'm going to put myself out there. I've always been very shy. Like one-to-one, I'm good, but I've never been kind of a public person, but I don't want to let my, aversion to um, speaking out uh, be an impediment to um, getting this message out. I think it needs to get out there. And to me, it's worth doing whatever I need to do to get this message out there.
0: I agree. And I'm excited for the book to release and I invite our listeners to check it out. I was lucky to get an advanced copy and I'm going to be sprouting and I'll be, I'll be using my Instagram, tagging you in it and, and making some of these meals. Um, When does the book launch? If people want to dive in, it's saying it's launching in April. Do you have a hard day? April
1: April 7th. Okay. April 7th. Amazing. All right. Well, Matt, um, I love you. I'm grateful that you had me um, on your show and, um, I wish you the the best of success. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, I
0: appreciate you. I look forward to staying in touch. And everybody listening, get sprouts into your diet. Check out the book. And uh, you know, if you need somebody, also what I say with books that are great, if you see somebody that could use some help, uh, just send them the notes. Give them that opportunity to upgrade their health and and their life because there are simple hacks. You know, people talk about biohacking and things like that. And this is one of those really important. Insights, I think, into health and understanding our diet. So, um, thank you for your work and uh, look forward to staying in touch.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Matt. Take My pleasure. care now.
0: See you guys. Bye. Hey guys, I hope that you enjoyed that episode of the show. If you do want to support getting the word out there, please share this, leave a review in iTunes, go to mattbelair.com, sign up for the email list. You can also become a patron if you go to patreon.com forward slash mattbelair or join the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Academy. And when you do, you'll get access to the amazing Soul Compass course. I would love to have you there getting your feedback. Your questions and just making the academy, the exclusive content, the course even better with your feedback. And during this time, we're doing a pay as you want. So just hit me up, Matt Belair or Matt at ZenAthlete.com or DM me on Instagram or anywhere and let me know what you can afford. Um, And happy to get that course and have you in the academy. And it also supports the show so I can keep doing these and uh, bringing you the best guests and information possible. So thank you so much for listening to this. I hope that you are well, safe, and happy